it's Tax Credit Tuesday. I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is the Novogratik Report on Tax Credits, a weekly podcast presented each week by Novogratik & Company, LLP, a national accounting, consulting, and valuation firm. Check us out on the web at www.novoco.com. Today is Tuesday, July 8, 2008, and this week we will discuss affordable housing news from California as well as historic tax credit news from New York. We'll also provide the latest news about disaster relief being provided by the Internal Revenue Service for victims of the severe storms and flooding in the Midwest. But first, breaking news on the housing stimulus bill. The Senate invoked cloture yesterday on a motion that allows the Senate to resume consideration of the housing stimulus package. The housing stimulus package contains the LHTC modernization bill. The vote was 76 to 10, and this achieves the 60% necessary to invoke cloture. Many believe that the bill will pass the Senate this week. We'll have more next week. Before we begin today's main discussion, I remind listeners that Novograd and Company LLP, in addition to providing you with the weekly Tax Credit Tuesday podcast, brings breaking news to subscribers of our industry alerts email service. To sign up for this As It Happens free news service, simply send an email to cpas at novaco.com and indicate the type of news you'd like to receive. Subscribers can opt to receive alerts about the long housing tax credit, the new market tax credit, and or renewable energy tax credits. Now let's start this week's discussion with an update on affordable housing programs in California. On June 23rd, the California State Assembly Committee on Revenue and Taxation unanimously approved SB 585, a bill that would permit the bifurcation of state and federal long housing tax credits in California. If the bill is enacted into law, SB 585 would be effective beginning in January 1, 2009 and would sunset on January 1, 2016. This bill would increase the value of California credits because a partnership could allocate all of the state credits to one partner and all of the federal credits to a second partner. As we discussed in the May 13th podcast, bifurcation is often preferred by sponsors or syndicators of tax credits because it makes it easier to sell the state credits by offering them to those who are not looking for federal credits. It also increases the pool of buyers for the federal credits as they can be offered to investors that do not want the state credits. SB 585 will next be considered by the Appropriations Committee. To learn more about the legislation, visit www.taxcredithousing.com and click on State Legislation in the Legislation menu. On June 26, the California Legislature passed Assembly Bill 1252, which was approved by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger on June 30th. The bill, which was introduced by Assembly Member Anna Cavallero of Salinas, provides an additional $100 million to the Infill Incentive Grant Program and $50 million to the Transit-Oriented Development Program. The Infill Program assists in the new construction and rehabilitation of infrastructure that supports higher-density, affordable, and mixed-income housing in locations designated as Infill. The Transit-Oriented Program provides local assistance for the development and facilitation of the development of higher-density housing uses within close proximity to transit stations that will increase public transit ridership. Both programs are funded by Proposition 1C, a $2.85 billion bond measure approved in 2006. In the program's first funding round, HCD received $1.5 billion in applications for the $335 million available. In anticipation of the bill's approval, the Department of Housing and Community Development's Loan and Grant Committee approved a list of developments that will be financed with the additional funding. This list is available online at www.hcd.ca.gov. For more information about Proposition 1C programs, I encourage you to subscribe to the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credit Housing. The August issue of the journal 
has a special debt focus and will include a look at the current state of the multifamily taxes and bond market. To learn more about the Journal of Tax Housing, please visit www.novaco.com products. Shifting our focus to the opposite coast, let's examine legislation introduced in New York to increase the state's historic rehabilitation tax credit. Late last month, a legislative effort led by Assemblyman Sam Hoyt of Buffalo to amend the state's historic tax credit program failed to pass before the state legislature adjourned for its summer recess. In an editorial in late June, the Buffalo News endorsed passage of the New York State Rehabilitation Tax Credit Act, but reported that the proposal has met with some opposition in the state assembly. The news indicated that the lawmaker's hesitation rested mainly on the commercial component of the bill's provisions. The existing tax credit currently covers 6% of rehabilitation costs to a limit of 100000 and can be paired with the 20% federal historic tax credit. Hoyt's legislation calls for a complimentary 20% rehabilitation credit with a $5 million per project cap on expenses. Similar bills that have been introduced during the past three years have not made it out of committee despite significant support from lawmakers and the historic preservation community. To learn more about the existing New York Rehabilitation Tax Credit and other state historic tax incentives, visit www.novaco.com and click on the Historic Tax Credit Resource Center button. Let's conclude our discussion today with an update on tax relief for victims of severe storms and flooding in the Midwest. As we reported in the June 24th podcast, the IRS announced that it will temporarily suspend certain limitations for qualified loan housing tax credit projects in Indiana and Iowa in an effort to expand the availability of housing for disaster victims. At that time, the IRS said it would continue to monitor the housing situation in other states affected by the flooding. On July 2nd, the IRS announced that beginning on June 5th, 2008, it would also suspend certain requirements for tax credit properties in Wisconsin as a result of the devastation caused by severe storms, tornadoes, and flooding. The state of Wisconsin had requested that the IRS allow owners of low-income tax credit projects to temporarily house in vacant units those individuals who resided in jurisdictions designated for individual assistance and were displaced because their residences were destroyed or damaged as a result of the recent storms, tornadoes, and flooding. Based on this request, and in light of the widespread storm-related damage to housing, the IRS determined that the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority may allow project owners to provide temporary emergency housing for displaced individuals in accordance with guidance it issued in Notice 2008-61. A copy of Notice 2008-61 is available online at www.tashfordhousing.com by clicking on IRS Guidance in the LIHTC menu. That brings us to an end of this week's report. Please join us again next Tuesday when we'll continue our discussion of the future of the LHCC modernization bill as well as tax extender legislation. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.